Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover. Brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thank you so much for being with me today. On the show, we have Miss Lauren Anderson, a fierce blues artist from the Chicago area. She spent a little time in Kansas City, and then she moved her way down to Nashville. And it has to be said, Lauren Anderson has the type of voice that makes you shut up and listen. When this chick opens her mouth, the entire room goes dead quiet because she is that powerful and that captivating. So I'm so excited to have her on the show. She's going to talk to you a little bit about some of the music that she's been working on. We're going to discuss what her journey through the industry has been like. And you'll hear a little bit from her dog, Billy. Uh, he's a new puppy. And so he he had to, you know, throw a few barks in there for us. But I have to tell you, I think the coolest thing about this episode is how real she is with her feelings and things, experiences that she went through. So sit back and listen. This is her track, Back to Chicago. I hope you enjoy it. You broke my heart on a cloudy day And not one word did you even say You want the house On me and mine And all you left was Wasted time Welcome, everyone, to Paradox Jukebox. It is your host, Katie Thompson, and I have Miss Lauren Anderson with me today. What's up, friend? Hey, what's going on? I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's It's been actually too long since I think we've hung out. The last I time know. was at a Music on the Move showcase, right? Yeah, I know. And when was that? That was a couple months ago at this point? It was. Wasn't it like back it in like... Jane? No. Yeah, it was January. Was that January? God, that's oh nuts. God, yeah. <laughs> it's been too long. Clearly, we can't remember. <laughs> yeah, clearly, way, way too long. Yeah. So I'm super excited to have you on the show, and I can't wait to talk about all the cool stuff that you're getting into. Um, but I kind of want to dive into your backstory a little bit, because as I was doing some research on you, I found out some pretty cool stuff. So oh, sweet. <laughs> you're, you're from Chicago, right? I am, yep. Nice. Yep. And you're a classically trained musician. I am. Yeah, I went to undergrad for opera, believe it or not. Wow. You can't tell now by my raspy voice from thing- singing for three hours last night. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, I wanted to be an opera singer. <laughs> that is incredible. I I actually went to a school and was I'm a classically trained percussionist, so all of my best friends oh, cool. were opera singers. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I love that. Yes. So when I read that about you, I was like, get out. This is too fun. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I always love I mean, you know, I think that there's a lot of different ways to like come into your own, Mm -hmm. you know, but I do think that like being classically trained really does help in a lot of ways. Like, even though neither of us do classical, like percussion or like singing at this point, like I feel like I got 
Like you just learn a lot of tools from that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's kind of the other ways to learn the instrument, obviously, but I definitely am happy that I went that route for myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Uh, I, I attribute, you know, where I am as a musician to the education that I got as a classical yeah. musician for sure. Mm-hmm. So, Definitely. okay. So I have to ask you, what was your favorite opera that you sang when you were doing your undergrad? Oh God. It's, I feel like it was like so long ago. I know. It's like another lifetime. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so, um, I didn't get to sing the lead in this, but I, I did once upon a time, um, spend the bulk of a summer in a tiny little, um, town in Italy called Nova Feltria. Um, and I toured with an, it was like a program. I toured with an opera and I sang chorus in there. I got to learn a little bit of Italian. I got to take voice lessons, like eat Italian food. Actually, it was the year like a, like Italy won the cup that year, so I got to celebrate oh my God. with Italians when they won the cup. And I traveled the 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 opera that I toured with was La Traviata. Oh, and so, cool. you know, I didn't get to sing like one of the big arias. I was just in the chorus, but like I feel like that opera is always going to have like a special place in my heart just because of that. That sounds like the biggest party ever. Yeah. Oh my God, it was insane. <laughs> opera singers I mean, they they can get a little crazy. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, they can. Oh, opera singers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is so much fun. Um, yeah, I can attest to the fact that opera singers get uh, get super wild. My yeah. my house in college, we were the the vocal party house. So whenever oh, there was wow. whenever there was a you know an opera that was done or some kind of a production, everybody ended up at my duplex with my best friends, and yeah, it was just a night of just. That's awesome. Mayhem and debauchery, really. It was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, those are the days. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, okay, so you were a classically, you know, performing artist, but then you transitioned into, like, rock and roll and blues. So tell me a little bit about yeah. how that happened. Yeah, you know, so I, I always felt like even when I was in school that there was, like, this fork in the road. And, and I was trying to figure out, like, how long I could kind of, like, straddle both sides of the fence you know what I mean like I'd always been interested in like more pop music like I grew up with like you know 90s R&B and like old school blues like I, you know I, I grew up listening to like Etta James and Whitney Houston and Lauren Hill and then you know Christina Aguilera Kelly Clarkson like Susan Tedeschi you know Aretha Franklin like all the big great singers so I always had that in my heart mm-hmm. and I just it wasn't until it was actually, I, I had this moment in, it was it's early on in college, but I was too stubborn to quit. But I had a, a moment in my like freshman year where I was actually hanging out with a bunch of the other opera singers. And I just had this moment, it was in the library and coffee shop where they're all talking about something opera. <laughs> and I had this out of body experience where I was just like, oh my God, these, these aren't my people. Like these are great people, but they're not my people. Like I just didn't it didn't feel like a world that was mine. You know what I mean? Like it just, and like, even though that doesn't necessarily have to do anything with the the career, but it just, I don't know. It just, it just was like this moment where I was like, this isn't the field I need to be in. And so I, I went ahead and I finished the degree and, you know, and I still went and did that, you know, uh, Italy, uh, tour, which was fun. Um, 
but then at, at that point, I like I still hadn't decided like to just go for it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I might be getting ahead of myself here, but you know, <laughs> uh, in terms of my story, but like, I think I slowly kind of started like writing more music. I didn't start learning the guitar until my senior year of college. So I was kind of a late, yeah, I was kind of a late bloomer in in terms of the guitar. Um, And then I, and then I, because I wasn't ready to just start performing yet, like I just didn't feel like I was like, I had the confidence yet. And so then I went to grad school for music therapy. And so I just kind of continued to put off living this dream but um i don't know if i'm getting ahead of myself no not at all no <laughs> you're good <laughs> go girl you're good <laughs> so okay so you you kind of put it off and then you yeah. went into your masters for music therapy <clears throat> yes yes and then what happened after that what uh what kind of was the turning point and launched you into being an artist yeah, so I had, I was working in Kansas City at the time. Um, I'd been there for years as a therapist on the pediatric unit, and I loved it. Like, I really loved that job. I still do. I still have my credentials. Like, I, I can still practice, but just the more the more I put off, you know, being a singer, you know, I don't know if you've ever had this situation, but, like, if you have a dream, like, it just it doesn't just die, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't go away easily, yep. and the more I put off, being a singer, the like more miserable I was, which is not a great quality for a therapist <laughs> for kids, <laughs> you know. And so, so, so at that point, I started, I started kind of getting more into once I officially finished. It took I, as, after I started practicing music therapy, I still had to write my thesis, and so uh, it took a second for me to finish the degree. So once I officially finished the, my degree, I was like, okay, I've got time to start performing and really trying to go after this, this, you know, singing career that I want. And, you know, started to just play a bunch of like, you know, those just shitty, you know, like, I think I had a residency at Bar Louie yeah. or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> something stupid where it was only fun when I could rope my friends into coming. But otherwise, I was like, playing to a bunch of people who didn't care. Right. But it was like, you know, it was getting your foot wet, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so I started doing that. And then eventually I, um, I ended up being really lucky. I don't, I don't know if, um, if you know, these names are, but they, in Kansas city, they were, they were pretty big, well-known people, but I went to a jam once. Um, and I like walk in and there's like nobody there, but there's two like really well-known at the time they were really well-known in Kansas city. Now I think, um, one of the names is really well-known pretty much like worldwide, but, um, trampled underfoot was they're not together anymore but they were a huge blues band um of siblings that were uh they're out of kansas city and then samantha fish at the time was dating um chris who was the drummer in that band and she's now like a worldwide like she's huge samantha yeah. fish is a badass yeah so they were sitting there at the bar at this jam and i walk in and i'm just like shit like, you know, I'm like, I'm new. I'm not good at jamming at this point. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like a baby in, in this world. And I ended up having to play, like, right after Samantha Fish. Oh, God. It's like, Jesus. Like, if any, yeah, like, if anybody, go, if anybody's listening and doesn't know Samantha Fish, like, go look her up. And then imagine baby little Lauren having to play after her at a jam. Like, like, I literally sat there at the bar and was like, okay, Lauren, if there was any time for you to just put your big girl pants on and just suck it up and do it, now's the time. This is and it. I did, and I, I felt really good about my performance. And she came up afterwards and was like, great job. And and the 
cool thing about that situation was I think Trampled Underfoot was about to part ways. And so Chris, the drummer, was looking for a new gig and messaged me after that and said, hey, uh, do you need a drummer? And so he was my first drummer ever um, <laughs> and, like, really opened a lot of doors. You know, like, I hung out with Samantha for a second and, like, just they really kind of helped get me going, you know, in, in Kansas City. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, I haven't kept in touch with them quite as, as well as I would have liked to. Um, but, you know, I think that if I ran into them, like, you know, things would be cool. But, like, they definitely really helped helped me get things going in the beginning and um so yeah so I started then just touring out of Kansas City and um and then eventually was just like again another fork in the road like how long can you really tour when you're doing a full-time job you know yeah and so then that was kind of the point where I was like okay well I don't want to be in Kansas City for forever so do I want to go home back home to Chicago or do I want to check out Nashville? Um, and at that point I had come into Nashville once and I recorded a couple songs at Ocean Way and um, just loved the town when I was visiting here. So I just, I decided that, you know, Nashville doesn't have to be for my forever town, but I definitely didn't want to not come check it out. So yeah, I've been here for four and a half years now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're I think you're doing a fantastic job. I mean, every, it seems like, you know, every time I get on socials and stuff, you're always playing somewhere, at least pre-COVID, you were always playing somewhere and, you yeah. know, just so many cool things that that you're doing. So, Thank I mean, you. I'm just I'm so glad that, you know, all these forks in the road led you to Nashville and then ultimately led, you know, to us meeting you being a part of Music on the Move with Aaron and I and you know, I yeah. think uh, I think it's just awesome. I love what y'all are doing, by the oh. way. <laughs> Thank I you. know, I love that showcase. It was, and the, the stage that it's at now, like you know, maybe it'll it move, but like I don't know. I just love that you guys are like bringing women together and and just kind of charging ahead. It's it's a fun showcase Thank and you. a podcast now too. Yes. <laughs> Yes. You literally, you're making moves. <laughs> Trying, man. I mean, it's it's everything that we can do to just help other women and lift each other up. So, I mean, that's, exactly. that's what it's all about. That's so, it, 100%. I so, agree. Speaking of podcasts, you have a podcast. I do. I do. Yeah. All right. Well, I let's know. talk about it. Tell us what it's yeah. all about. So, it, um, you know, it's it's another music podcast. It, um, It's called I've Got a Song for That, which the backstory of that phrase is... Uh, apparently, I don't remember this, but apparently in like preschool, I was that annoying kid who like the teacher would be explaining to the class what we were about to do. And I would like interrupt her and be like, oh, 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 I've got a song for that. And I would just like <laughs> make up a song. <laughs> that is Which I'm precious. sure was cute like the first one or two times. But like, I'm sure after a second, she was like, all right, Lauren. <laughs> that's oh, enough <Lauren>. child <laughs> yeah <laughs> but anyway so that's the podcast where the name came from but um more or less it started in the middle of the pandemic so like it's it's been on for a year now which is kind of crazy to think about but I originally had the idea of like maybe I could use this podcast as like a platform to talk to musicians and industry but also like jam with them so when it first started I, I tried to figure out a way to safely get together and like jam with 
the musicians that I had on there. And then obviously that soon, like there's copyright issues. Like you can't yeah. get together with everybody. Like it just, it wasn't feasible. So I kind of turned it into like, instead of the, us playing a song, I usually ask a song like, or a question like, you know, what song has been getting you through, you know, the pandemic or something like that. The, 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 the music therapist's question, right, you know, yeah. Um, but it's it's a it's a it, musician and industry podcast um, where we kind of talk about like I don't know just like the the nitty gritty parts of the the career you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I, I I love hearing like everybody's stories and I love hearing what makes them tick and what keeps them going and like you know what makes them want to just like throw the towel in and and you know like what advice they have like I love hearing like again it's probably the therapist background I love hearing like the whys you know and like so that's kind of what the podcast is about so you know it is a musician podcast but I think that there's there's kind of like some overarching like uh just general life themes that are kind of wrapped into it for sure Oh, I love your podcast. I've I've listened Thank to it you. quite a bit, and oh. I, I well, I love you as an interviewer. Uh, I th- I think you ask great questions, and it's Thank just you. you know a lot of the people that have come on. I mean, they've got some really cool stories. They yeah, they do. I mean, you know, no matter where you are in your career, you've experienced something that's unique for you. Yep. You know, and it and 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 not everybody gets a platform to share that. So you know, I I definitely have really. I've, I've, I've found that I love hosting a podcast more than I expected to. Have you found that? Yes. Yes. I yeah. have. And this, it, my, this podcast has actually been like a few years in the making. Um, oh, it, wow. it used to be, it used to be called, uh, NAMC and, uh, which is like North American music collective. And oh, like right about the time that I was trying to release it, I ended up like I was losing students and I was going broke and I'm like, holy crap, I need yeah. a job. So I kind of had to put it on hold. But now yeah. that, now that Aaron and I have, you know, really built up music on the move and I have the time now, and space for this, I love it. It is so much fun. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah. I, I really love it. It's, and it's, I, you know, it's selfishly for me too, you know, since a lot of the questions are like, what made you want to quit? Or like, what kept you going? It's like, no matter where I am, you know, when you talk to other people and musicians, it's like, it's just like another source of like keeping you going. Like if any musician is listening out there, like, like I, I feel like if you're feeling like stuck, just go like listen to a music podcast and listen to somebody else's story or like call up a friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like listening to other people's stories is like a really good way to kind of keep you moving. Absolutely. It keeps you music grounded. on the move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so, okay, so let's, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to turn the tide on you a little bit. Uh, so, you know, through the course of you making these transitions and going through all these forks in the road, like were, were there times when you were ready to just say, you know what? No, I can't do this. Oh my God. Like, like, like two minutes before you called, like all the time. <laughs> I mean, literally like I, and I think that that's why like, you know, that's a, a, like I was saying a question I, I ask everybody on my podcast, literally because it's a real thing for me. Yeah. You know, I mean, music's tough. Like it's, it's <laughs> yes, it, it costs is. a lot of money. I've cried a lot over it. Like I, you know, you're constantly putting yourself in a position where you're judged Yep. and that's tough. And you know, and then also just like for, for us women, like you kind of feel like there's like a time limit for you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're not 25, then you might as well be 85, you know? And, and so that's a big stressor for me. 
um, you know, especially since I kind of got into this late in the game. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like, I feel like every two seconds, I feel like I want to quit. Um, so somebody gave me some advice in regards to that. When I first moved here, um, oh, I think his name is terrible that I remember his advice, but I think it's Jerry Vandiver. And if he listens, he's going to be like, Lauren, you butchered my name. <laughs> he, he, um, w- I was connected to him through a couple um, fans of mine in Kansas City. And he, you know, has been in like Nashville for 30, 40 years, has had a couple hits picked up by like, you know, Tim McGraw and, you know, some other bigger country artists like, you know, back in the day. And so he's like really been doing the thing for a while. And he was nice enough to sit down and have some coffee with me um, on more than one occasion. And he gave me this advice and I, I, I'm going to butcher how, what he called it, but he called it something along the lines of like the 22nd rule. Have you heard this? I don't know. Potentially. So, And maybe I'm calling it the wrong thing. Maybe it's like the 20 minute rule, but more or less, he says, Lauren, when you're going after your dreams, every 20 seconds, it's going to feel like you want to quit. And it's not about not feeling that it's about knowing that it's coming and knowing that eventually it'll pass again and knowing and having things in place to kind of keep you going. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, you know, at that point I was just like, I get it. Like I've, I've been there. But, you know, I was still new to Nashville and, you know, I had stars in my eyes. And and I remember, like, the first time I really wanted to quit, I messaged him and I was like, Jerry, I'm here. Uh, And you having told me this rule is making me feel less like I want to quit. Like, it, it gives you kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. For you to change, you said your mind was made up, but I know you, babe. kind of like seeing the big picture of like this is just a moment this isn't forever yep so um I don't know I think that that's probably one of the best advices that I've been given that's incredible advice and and I love it because you know a lot of our our listeners are are just kind of starting to break into the music industry and you know so it's thank you for the for the sage advice and thank you for uh, Jerry, thank you so much for passing that on to Lauren, who's passing it yeah, on to us, <laughs> if you're listening. I know, right? I love it. It's so good. <laughs> That's awesome. So, okay, so when you got to Nashville four years ago, <clears throat> and let's say, you know, let's say maybe technically you're like two years in, what do you think has been the hardest struggle for you being a musician in Nashville? Yeah, well, I think I think that um... – you know, you kind of just touched on it of like, you know, no matter how long you've been a musician, you start over when you're, when you move to Nashville. And that's, that's probably somewhat true. If you move to a new location anyway, you know, like unless you're really well established already, like you just have to, you just have to pay your dues. You know what I mean? Especially in Nashville. And so, 
Oh, geez. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Hi, Billy. Billy. Billy doesn't like paying dues either. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, we feel you. Yes, we do, um, buddy. Yes, we do. Um, yeah, so that was hard because especially, like, I was touring, like, a lot when I was in Kansas City and, um, you know, moved to, Na- to Nashville and had to find a new band and had to find new contacts. And, you know, at the time, like, I was touring to places that were, like, regional and pretty easy drives from Kansas City. So when you move to Nashville, you know, all of a sudden it's a 12-hour drive to, like, you know, yeah, Omaha or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, somewhere, somewhere closer in the region to Kansas City. So... I think that was kind of tough. I think that it was it was kind of good for me, though. Like, another thing that I feel like ebbs and flows for every musician is that you're not going to keep going unless your ego is big enough to keep going. Oh, but, yeah. but you can't be an asshole and you can't let it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't let it just like take over the world. Yep. So I really feel like when I moved here, it was a good ego check for me. It was a good dose of humility to be like Lauren you're not you're not the shit like like, (laughs) sit your ass back down and get to work um you know what you need every once in a while because otherwise your ego just takes over yes that's never good nobody wants that right absolutely well and you know being in a in a place like nashville that is flooded with such incredible talent i Mm -hmm. mean you can't spit into the wind and not hit 15 fantastic musicians it's crazy right it's and it's and it's easy to like get bogged down from that or like you know, or, or like, you know, if your ego's running away, kind of still like it could easily make you into like a bitter, crazy, terrible person to be around. But like, I don't know, there's room for all of us. We're all doing our own thing in the end. You know, I think that you just have to remind yourself that like, you don't need to be in competition with anybody. Right. And I'm going to go back and, you know, do the same thing here. Like there's a, another musician friend of mine who gave me a piece of advice and I can't remember which one it was at the moment. Um, Don't you love it? Yes, I know. (laughs) Your advice was really good, but I'm sorry. I can't remember who you are. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So he told me, he said, it's not about how good you are in this town. It's about how good you are at what you do in this town. Yes. 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 That's great advice. Yes. That's so good. It's true. Cause it's really like, if you're not really like being authentic to your voice, one, it's apparent yep. and two, somebody else is probably doing that. Absolutely. Like, just, just be you, you know? And, and which is, I, I think for me, that's been the, the toughest thing for me to come around to. I think that that's one of the reasons it was good for me to not kind of get into this business until a little later in my life. I had, I had some work to do, you know? Sure. Sure. Well, I think, you know, at every every stage in, in someone's life, I mean, we all have, you know, different phases of work that we have to go through. And I think it's important to recognize that and to just accept it in the moment. Yeah, 100 percent. I agree. And that's and that's how you grow. And that's that's yeah. what's important. But I think if if anything is at least saved my career in the last decade alone was just realizing that I had to I had to push forward for myself and not for anybody yeah. else I wasn't doing this for anyone else except for me yeah yeah it's true yeah because I think that sometimes you know if a, yeah if a goal is for any any reason other than yourself it's it's not you're, you're not gonna have the motivation to do it you know right um but then also too it probably like if your goal is for someone else it might lead you 
you know, a musician career can look like a lot of different things. Oh, yeah. And if you're doing this for somebody else, you're probably going to go after, uh, you know, career milestones that you don't actually really want to do. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yep. if you want to be a listening room, like, small theater artist, and you think that your mom wants you to be, at, you know, playing at big amphitheaters, like, you're not going to be happy. You might be a musician, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a happy musician. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, that's true. You got to really remind yourself you're doing it for you. And, and remind yourself of the reasons why you're doing it. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Yeah. That'll, that'll definitely keep you going. Do you do you ever make vision boards for yourself? Oh my god, literally all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a nerd. I like hide them in my room because I'm like, I need to be able to see this, but you know, my roommates are in and out of my room because of my dog, and I'm like, I don't want anybody else to see this. <laughs> Which is so stupid. I'm like, it's not I'm wear my heart on my sleeve. They know every picture up there. Like they, they know what my goals are, but Oh my God, I do it all the time. Every, on the first of every January, I make a vision board for the year. Nice. And God, I'm such a nerd. I can't believe I'm admitting this. And <laughs> I write, I write a dear universe letter as if the year has already gone by saying this, this 2021 was a great year because, and I just kind of like lay out like as if the year went <laughs> how I wanted it to go. That's awesome. Um, which, I mean, obviously so far, like, especially, God, 2020, my dear universe oh. letter was just like, I might as well burn that and set it on fire. <laughs> uh, I think everybody's <laughs> ready to just pretend like 2020 didn't happen. No, seriously. But yeah, yeah. Do you make vision boards? So I have um, kind of like a version of a vision board actually on my desktop because I, I have a massive monitor and... I like I have like sticky notes and things, you know, like electronic sticky notes. So it's an electronic vision board, but I I think I need to get into the process of actually making a physical vision board because I think it would just help keep me motivated, but mm. I wanted to know because I I feel like you're, you know, I was getting the vibe like okay, she's she's got a vision board. I can totally tell. So oh, we can I'm, we can nerd out I'm, over this. I'm so I'm so I'm so that type A nerd, like for sure. I'm like Oh yeah, no, you you nailed it. I do. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Well, look, so the the whole concept of, you know, the vision board thing is very new to me truthfully because I didn't know what it was until probably about a year and a half ago when yeah. uh a few of my other songwriter friends were like, "Yeah, this is on my vision board." And I'm like, "Can somebody please explain to the class what that is?" Uh, <laughs> see, and that's bold. Like I don't actively talk about my vision board. I'm I'm impressed with people who do and maybe I need to maybe I need to like and not be so embarrassed by it. I don't I'm think there's anything to be embarrassed like, about. Not at all. Yeah, yeah. No, so that more power to them being like, This is on my vision board. I like it. <laughs> well, I like the concept of writing a letter to the universe, you know, as though yeah. the year has passed because it kinda helps you set the intention to make those goals come to life. Then because then, you know, and then I do a thing where I, I read it halfway through just to kind of check in yeah. on, like, how things are going. And, you know, and that's actually, speaking of another way to keep yourself going, you know, there's been some years where I, like, am just like, man, nothing's going my way. And then I read that letter of my intention six months ago, and I all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm doing better than I thought I was, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I've checked all these things off of 
my my goals for the year and you know you didn't even realize it so it's just another good way to like check in with yourself well and it's it's also a good way to reset yourself if the yeah if the first half of the year isn't going the way that you thought it would for sure i agree yeah that's smart it's so true yeah definitely so okay so i want to kind of move into talking about some music you've got some new music coming out yeah i do i do yeah i um so when things shut down, I made a point for a couple of weeks to write a song a day um, just to kind of like, you know, I mean, like when you're when you're hustling, you don't always have time to write. Yeah. And so I was like, well, you know, here's this. Here's the time. Um, and so, I mean, a lot of those songs were pretty terrible, but uh, I had enough in the mix that I um, then was able to put together, you know, an album and then, you know, in the process of like the quarantine, you know, I got into the studio and have my sophomore album coming out on August 6th. So I'm super excited about that and um, kind of turned that into a waterfall release. So um, I have been like releasing, I think I'll, I'll do four singles off of the album, like releasing up into the, uh, the full album. So it's been kind of fun to have a project again to work on. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. so what's the concept of this album? Yeah, so I mean, you know, at first I was like, oh, should I do something pandemic related? And then my publicist was like, Lauren, everybody's doing something pandemic related, <laughs> which is fair. And um, so, you know, so the title track off of it is Love on the Rocks. And so um, I don't know that there's a, a, like a theme to the album, but you know, definitely, like, I think relationships and love is definitely a, a theme. And, and you know, I kind of tried to pick more of my bluesy songs to put on this album and kind of go a little bit harder to the blues world that I have in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still a couple, like, Americana. There's one funk. Hell, there's one, like, pop punk song on there. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's bluesy in the broad sense. But... Um, it's definitely a little bit more. There's more blues tracks on there than there have been in the in the past on past releases. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, so talk about the blues world a little bit. Um, you know, I I know you uh, play every once in a while with Meg Williams. Yeah. So she was actually just on the podcast too. I think actually her episode released today. Uh, so oh, nice. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the blues world in Nashville and what it's been like to be in that scene. Yeah, I mean, you know, Nashville, like, it's got a great blues. I think every town, you know, for the most part, at least have a, a little bit of a blues scene. Kansas City had a really, really big blues scene. And I think Nashville's a little bit more like blues roots, mm-hmm. which is still like, that's very much my vibe. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, I feel like I've always been pulled out of the blues scene and, and, so there's one there's one specific reason as to why and it was when i released my first album god back in 2015 um i sent it into at the time alligator records which is like this for anybody who doesn't know it's like a pretty well-known blues label um out of chicago they had this thing where they were like send us your album uh we will guarantee i don't know how long it'll take but we'll guarantee you you know, just like a private review of it. So I was like, sure, let's do that. That sounds great. So I sent in my album and he sends back this letter and just 
tears the whole thing apart, oh. just rips it apart. And like the, the, I don't remember all the specifics of the terrible things he said about how bad I am, but the main thing that I remember was he was like, you are not a blues artist. Stop calling yourself a blues artist. Like this is, you're not, this is not blues. And basically now, you know, what, six years later, I've come to kind of realize that, no, I'm not a traditional blues artist, but this guy is a traditionalist, Mm -hmm. which is a very particular type of, like, it's a a very particular breed of blues enthusiastic, which they believe that, that blues needs to be in its purest sense, which... I'm not here to say is wrong. I just know that that's not my type of blues. Right. So it just was kind of like it set me off on the path of like, I think for a while I just was like, I'm not blues. And I just had that in my head because it just really tore me apart. You know, and I finally I feel like as of recently was just like, well, you know what? Like, just because I'm not traditional blues doesn't mean I don't pull from blues roots absolutely you know and and just because i'm not you know traditionalists might not be my people yeah and that's okay there's a lot of other blues enthusiastics out there so that's i I don't know that that really (laughs) answered your question but i think that that like realization recently was kind of a big part of why i was like okay let's i really do love the blues i love the blues world you know a lot of people are very friendly it's it's a big world, but it's small enough where you can like make friends quickly and you can, I don't know. It's just, it's just a fun world, you know? And, and I, I feel like I, I wasted a lot of years trying to not be in that world because some asshole told me I shouldn't be. Right. That, yeah. So, okay. Going back to just, you know, what makes you happy and being yeah. the truest, you know, authentic version of yourself. Like I've listened to you sing, I consider you a blues artist, in my opinion, means absolutely (laughs) nothing in the blues world. But I look, okay, take, for example, like somebody like Johnny Lang. He's not a traditional blues artist, but he's still a blues artist. Exactly. Exactly. Or like Gary Clark Jr. Yeah. Like it's it's so true. Like it's it's so true. And and I think that that's the biggest thing is that like or or on the flip side. Jack White, how many blue twelve bar blues songs does he put out? But you don't consider him a blues artist, correct? You you consider him a rock artist, but every half of his songs are are twelve bar blues. Yeah, and so it's so true. And I think that like the the definitions are broader than some people try to make them. I I completely agree, and I think that it it just sometimes takes you a second to kind of like come back to your own. I might not be singing 12 bar blues, but I, I, I feel it in my gut, you know, like a blues artist. And I think that that's really what it's about. Absolutely. Friend. Well, you know, so Barry and I, she's, she's a pop artist. We were just talking, I don't know, about a month ago about how music has so many more sub genres now than it ever used to. Oh yeah. And what's cool is that it's it's open doors for artists that aren't necessarily like traditional country or traditional pop or whatever you want to call it. Like there's room for everybody and you know, so maybe that asshole didn't really care for what you were doing, but that doesn't mean that there isn't somebody else out there from a exactly. label or a company who isn't right. going to love Lauren Anderson and everything that right. she brings to the table. 
Right. And I wish that, you know, I had either had the confidence to realize that or I had somebody like you in my life to tell me that because <laughs> it took me years to realize that. And, you know, and I feel like I could have spent all these years diving in deeper into the blues scene and I just didn't. Right. You know, and so I, I completely agree. I think it's rare to meet somebody who is purely one genre these days. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's like meeting a unicorn. Great. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. Well, I I will always be here for you, and I will always support you. So if you are ever oh. feeling down, you give me a phone call and be like, "Talk me oh. out of this hole that I'm that I'm in right, right now." Right back at you, girl. Right back at you. <laughs> we gotta stick together. It, it's true. Well, and okay, so you know, to to get onto another topic here, like I feel like there are so many women who have that story of somebody who cut them down and said, you can't do this because you don't fit into this box. Yes. Yes. And I'm going to be the first to say, fuck you. If you've ever done that to an artist, fuck that box. Yes. Like I'm going to set your goddamn box on fire and I'm going to have a smile on my face while I do it. Yes. 100%. Amen. Cause that, that kind of shit, it just, you know what? We don't have time for that anymore. No, no. And I think that like, shame on us for letting people have that much control over our lives. Amen, girl. You know? And, and, and unfortunately it's just a learning process. It's not as easy as said than done. It's like, but it's so true. We, we need people in our lives to just be like, you know what? Screw them. You do you. If that person doesn't like you, then that's not your person. Find another person. Exactly. There's a million of them out there. Billions. There's billions billions of people out there. Your tribe is out there. Yes. 100%. I love that. I'm feeling all inspired. I might go write a song. Yes. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Just just come up with a title better than fuck that box. (laughs) Yeah. I can't promise that. Fuck That Box is a pretty amazing title. I'm not going to lie. That might be my third album. Yes. <laughs> People will be like, what kind of, is Lauren into porn? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> oh. We like confuse everybody. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure everybody's like, wow, this this derailed real quick. <laughs> Oh, it's hilarious. Well, uh, yeah. thank you so much for, for coming on to the show and just, you. just being real, friend. I, I love that we yeah. got to talk about this this nitty-gritty stuff that is real because, yes. you know, well, it just there's so many other artists out there who are probably feeling exactly the same things that we did exactly. and they don't know how to get out of it. Exactly. 100%. And I think that, like, the first step is just talking about it. Yep. That's that's really the first. I mean, this is again. I feel like so many things come back to. There's a even though I'm not a music therapist anymore. I feel like I the therapist in me is is as strong as it was the first day. But I, I you just need to talk about it and you know and kind of find find that there's a, everybody else is feeling the same way and and that's how we get through it. It's kind of sticking together. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, and that's that's how we lift each other up too, because for sure. when you start talking about it and you find people you connect with, you know, in those moments, you know, when that next twenty seconds comes by and you feel like the world yes. is ending, you call up your friend and go, Yo, talk me down. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Talk me off the ledge. Yes. So true. So true. All right, fam. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Uh it's thank you. it's been a pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it. You 
hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll catch another music on the moves show here soon. I need to come, come out and catch all you ladies. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thanks girly. Thank you so much, Lauren, for dropping some major truth bombs. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you want to learn more about Lauren, you can find her at laurenandersonmusic.com. Links will be in the show notes for sure. Make sure that you check out her new single, Love on the Rocks. It is coming at you soon, so stay tuned for that. You can find more about us at musiconthemovestudios.com backslash paradoxjukebox. You can find more about me, katiethompsonmusic.com. I hope that you all enjoyed the episode. I am going to get out of here. Until next time, friends, stay cool and stay positive. Stay positive.